Yo, yo, yo. What's up, Sooner Nation? This is your host, Jaron Kanick, Jeremiah Hall, Danny Stutzman, and we are back with another episode of the podcast on the prairie. Number three. Super fans, you already know what's going on. We're trying to figure out how we're gonna do this intro because Jaron won. Technically, I'm not gonna lie, Jaron, you won the fan vote, bro. I don't know if you went back and looked at the comments, but Danny, I think uh, I think you need to upgrade your skills, bud. I just think it's more of recency bias because I went first. People didn't remember my performance and. Jaren's was more more recent, so they remembered it and it had a kind of lasting impression on their mind. Yeah, Jaren, what do you think? You know, that's that's an interesting possibility, but I think you know at the end of the day, mine was just better, and it's clearly yeah that is their only reason that they voted for me being the better one. Uh, we gave Danny a shot of redemption, but he actually didn't want to. He felt embarrassed and insecure. Yeah. So. Well. He gave you uh, some redemption on the field, bro, because we're going to talk about it later. But I saw you get juked out a couple of times that Danny made up for it. So, uh, wow, you're coming at shots right off the bat. Yeah, hey, uh, bro, we're starting this thing early. Hey, but now, nah, before we start talking about the game, though, let's uh, hold on. First thing, praise report. What's going on? Something positive, any family, any school stuff. Let the people know. Danny, Jared. Um, you know, school-wise, actually, yeah. as a matter of fact, um, you know, I've got my grades up. You know, I got that 3.0, like, total GPA. So, uh, kind of proud of that. You know, grades come first. I uh-huh. did switch my major to communications, so it's been a little bit easier. But, hey, a 3.0 is a 3.0. Well, wait, what was your major before communications? It was, like, it was business management, which is, like, it's doable. But the business school year is really hard to get into. And, you know, I'd rather spend, you know, those hours watching film and studying ball than trying to figure out how to, like, balance a, like, a, you know, a sheet, you know, what I'm talking about with the income yes. and uh, expenses, assets and liabilities, and income, yes. income sheet, what are they called? I yes. forgot it. Balance sheets and income sheets are, are two different things, but yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Mr. Financial Guy's getting offended over here. I'm messing up his link. He's though. advising you right now. Yeah, bro. He's, Don't he mess up the link, bro. He, Don't mess up the lingo. <laughs> nah, I'm messing. Hey, bro, in the famous words of whoever said it, I didn't come here for school. Okay. Nah, duh. all the kids that are listening to this, don't. The, uh, we're joking. All the parents, I'm joking. Anyways, Jaron, praise report. Uh, you know, similarly to Danny, I actually also changed my major. <laughs> uh, previously, I was in a health and exercise science major. Which, okay. Uh, yeah, it was quite the load, personally. You know, yeah. similar to Danny, I'm, I I wanted to focus and spend more of that time, uh, you know, watching film and, you know, I was HES too. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of kind of heavy load. You know what I mean? So I've also switched communications and definitely uh, lesser of a load 
and I've enjoying that. So school's going great. You know, I had a big turnaround from last semester. The health and exercise science degree kind of kicked my butt. So, did you ever that. take? Uh, did you ever get to anatomy? No. Yeah, that was I was supposed to take that. If I was still in the degree, I'd be taking that right now. And so that yeah, was kind of like, what I actually, for. I failed anatomy. Never failed a class before in my life. I had to retake it at another school and then transfer the credits over to OU. Good. So I, I get it, bro. I, I, I get it. In all honesty, why'd you also? Why'd you turn your hat around? Like, I thought. So, I don't know. I, I just want to show the people. I kind of like, like the backwards hat look a little better personally. The the front of this hat's kind of big, and so it kind of makes my head look small. But I mean, I can I can rock it in the front if you guys really want to. But actually, uh, I wish Danny, I had a hat. Talk about what's going on in the front of your hat, yeah, there, Danny. Actually, the story behind the hats is, um, you know, me and Jaron, you know, after mm -hmm. a a very fun Saturday, you know, we wanted to, you know, we had the idea. It's kind of a spontaneous thing. We wanted to collect sorority hats. So we kind of went on a mission to figure out how many sorority hats we could get. I'm rocking the Kappa one, which is kind of sweet. And the, his hat is pretty dope, the AC. But uh, so anyway, you know, we were going door to door, you know, basically at sorority houses. Um, some kind of knew who we were, but um, yeah, uh -huh. Jaren's kind of got the collection there. But um, you know, shout out to the AC, like the AFs, because they're actually really nice. Like they like they were scrambling to find one of those hats, like two of those hats for me and Jaren, and. It turned out well, dude. And actually, the frat was outside giving a car wash, and the pledges we were doing for like seven bucks. Dude, I had a what a deal. Friggin' had some pledges, wash my car, dude. Put on some like raunchy music. It was awesome. So you win a football game and then just go sorority and fraternity hopping. Yeah, I mean, so in a way, yeah. Hey, so to speak. I like it. I wish I had a hat that made my head look small. Yeah, that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> It'll make those. Yeah, I'm jealous. Hey, have y'all gone through? So I got a lot of free time nowadays. So I was going through the comments and like pretty much just grilling Alex the other day about everything that had to do with our podcast page. I'm like, bro, update the bio, go through the comments, make sure we're interacting with everybody. I was giving him a hard time. But in all honesty, though, I don't know, Jaren, since you don't listen to podcasts or anything but now you're on one or whatever. But um, our Avi, so our avatar on like Twitter and Instagram, it looks completely different now. It went from two brown kids to now two fraternity boys on the cover. So how do y'all feel about that? As a matter of fact, y'all have the hats to match it. So like y'all like following the trend. I think you're the doing. term frat bros, whatever you just called us, kind of like offensive. I'd go more by meathead. Um, yeah, I think okay. that's a little better term. It's a more fitting term. Okay, that makes sense. I mean, I thought it was funny because, like, me and Braden always had, like, his uh, wave cap on. So uh, you got a guy that's bald, and then you got a guy that has a wave cap, and now we got, like, two white dudes with curly hair and barely any beard. Actually, Jaren, yours ain't too bad. This is by choice, man. I could really grow it out if I wanted to. Yeah, but... I kind of let it go this week just a little bit. But I might yeah. have some Jaden. Uh, that, reminds me of something, that reminds me of something funny, actually. When when Danny was doing his uh his studs cuts, and he yeah. was giving out giving out free haircuts, and Lance Mitchell was one of his victims, and Lance was like trying to explain to him like how like how black hair works, like you got to go with or against the gray or whatever. Yeah. And Danny was like, what do you mean by that? He was like, Nah, I got it. He was going all over the place with against. No, and all right. See, the thing is, my my equipment was like something like what you get a like a 
middle schooler for their first like shaver. Like it's literally like all I had, man. And then it, it could hardly cut, man. So I, it was brutal to cut hey, his hair. You know, I used to cut Kennedy's hair. Really? Kennedy Brooks. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It went bad. I always wonder why do bald people cut hair? Like, is that like, you ever notice that with black guys? There's a lot of bald guys cutting hair in the barbershop. I go to beauty salons. So I don't know. Yeah. You go to sports clips? No, I go to mm-hmm. um, I go fading up. Ah, okay. You go to a black barbershop. Hey, oh, it's only yes, right. For, it's only I've been right. Growing my, I've been growing my hair out. I'm trying to get a mullet. So like, we're getting we're getting braids. So. Yeah, we're gonna get. Yeah, we are. I, I got hat head right now, but we're trying to grow it out and then get box braids or some braids, cornrows maybe. So there's a oh. vision there. I can't wait for this. I will, I will have the wave cap. So, like, you were talking about that. I know. We be coming. Hey, we bro. Come. I can find a black girl to make sure she ties those braids real tight. Yeah. Is, does it hurt or anything like that? Nah, bro. Don't even worry about it, bro. Though, I got you, bro. It's I okay. You don't know. You never trust, have that. Trust me. I got I don't, you. I don't, know how, I don't know how much I can trust a boss. Yeah. Guy. I know what I mean. You guys never had his hair braided. How 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 are y'all feeling, Brady? Danny, uh, twenty tackles on the day. Jaron, you're not too far behind them. Wait, how many? Seventeen. Seventeen. Somebody told me it was like twenty. I mean, I don't know if they they doubled at TFLs. Oh, okay. I don't know you, how that works. Are you sore? Uh, my sh- my honestly, my shoulder just from hitting people. It's probably a little bad. It's a little, you know, beat up. But my shoulder. Besides that. So my shoulder is just my shoulder hurts. Yeah. Like, I don't know to see it, but I'm going to take my shirt off to really show you. And then I got oh. our freaking covered in another rash. It's I like don't know. friction, like friction burns or something. Burns. Yeah, it's literally friction burns. It freaking hurt. So is it from the pants or? I, it's from the girl, dude. I don't know what it is, man. It It's. I'm not going to show it, but it, you know, it's, it's, it's not. I it's mean, hard. You showed your underwear last time, so I mean, I don't know I mean, how much worse you can get. Yeah, actually, I, mean, I think he still has the exact same pair of underwear on. He hasn't changed or washed it's, them. It's every Sunday, dude. I freaking put the booties on. I have them on right now. Danny, did you at least what? shower this week? No, I, I do laundry, dude. But like, I don't know about your your secret uh, underwear rotation routine you have. No, it's not secret, dude. I have freaking so basically. I mean, the, rotation... the same two pair of underwear every oh, week. Dude. No, it's not every secret. What I'll do is, all right. So basically, hey, here's how it works. I've I've kind of mastered the ro- underwear rotation in season. So uh-huh. we practice every day. So uh-huh. correct. So Monday I'll wear a pair of underwear. All right. Mm-hmm. And I already have an uh, other pair on my practice loop. Just some, some underwear. So then you know after practice and after I shower, I, I just swap the underwear out and I put the underwear I was just wearing on my loop. And then go through the underwear and I just rinse and repeat. So I'm just going wearing the same two pairs of underwear every other day. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And then and then on Monday, I'll I take one of them that I wore, the Friday one that probably didn't come home with me that we didn't have practice. And then I'll show up Monday with a new pair of underwear and I'll just keep the rotation going. So there, there's the clickbait. Danny Stutzman wears the same two pair of underwear every week. Alex, please find this man a, a underwear sponsorship. No, but I mean, bro, it makes sense. I mean, you're already no. doing laundry. Just he goes through two pairs of underwear in a week, and then on Sunday yeah. he wears his booty shorts. And then uh, tomorrow I'll shower, and I'll put a new pair on, and then it's going to go add to the loop. 
Honestly, bro, He's, I don't even know what to say. At least you shower. I, yeah, I mean, I'm hey, clean, dude. Underwear's hey. clean. It's not dirty. It's like I'm flipping it inside out and then reusing it. Like, I wear it once, and then I freaking change it. Oh, bro, first off, dudes that don't shower, like, there's some smelly dudes out there. We have a lot of dudes that stink. Make sure you cover his mouth, too, because I don't want anybody coming back to me talking about some so-and-so don't shower, da-da-da-da-da. I would say, yeah, but there's some dudes that definitely stink. Jared, he told you about that? Yeah, I've heard I've heard a lot of stories Bro. actually from multiple I, people. I heard you would wear the same towel, like bleeding clean. I literally watched this dude walk into the showers, turned it on, walked through the shower, sat there, maybe like scratched his head a little bit, then walked out. I was like, mm. we we got we got some lbs that are definitely following in his footsteps for sure. Yeah, we could, we can't say any names. They actually have gotten a little better, but. That's gotten better. They, they've grown up and matured a little bit, but there, they there came was, in. Um, there were some like, hygiene he, issues. He that that we had to... book. I wrote we had a secret Santa, and someone just got him a thing of deodorant. <laughs> we, had, we had one that, that had a body odor got, problem, and, and then we had someone one got that had a, a breath problem. A pack of gum. Yeah, so we, <laughs> they got it. deodorant and a pack of gum because it was, it was a nice way of telling. Jared, do you at least have more than two pairs of underwear that you wear during the season? I do, yeah. I, I haven't really quite hopped on the, the, the it's rotation not, it's train. Not I rotate it. Like, it's clean underwear. I mean, I'm not going to – I don't know. What I mean, I believe you, bro. I didn't say I didn't believe you. Sure. What? Oh, somebody's getting frustrated. No. Well, cranky. All right. Let's talk about the game. All right. Well, let's talk about the game. All right. So, get, getting into the game, bro, I'm – look. I could be real critical of this game, more so from an offensive perspective. So I'm glad I got you guys, defensive guys here to to back me up. But let, let's talk about game day. Um, how are you guys feeling going into this game? Do you guys have, like, outside of the underwear, Danny, do you have any, like, game day traditions or anything that you normally go through or anything like that? Um, Besides throwing I mean, up? I think you mentioned that last week. No, I, I don't, I'm not a thrower, a thrower a guy. That b was talking about that a little bit. But um, nothing really specific. Like I, I try to keep like a, a like a similar routine every week. But like I talk to myself a lot. You know, trying to get the mind right. I know Buo takes himself to like some some dark places. But like I don't know. I'm kind of just like I got to get there mentally. You know what I'm saying? But like you know, there's always always you know positive reinforcement to yourself. You know, get the mind right. Like CK talked to me and him. Like I remember freshman year. You know, he had a speech like that, that first week, like opener, and that kind of stuck with me. Some of the things he said there, it's about mentality, and so I, I, I try and continue that. What about you, Jaren? Any traditions? I don't know if I necessarily have any traditions. I do kind of fall into a routine. You know, it's it's a little different depending on when when our kickoff is and whatnot. But you know, everybody kind of has their thing they do. They like to do pregame or know during the meal or what kind of music they listen to that kind of thing so I, I got i got my routine you know my, my stretch routine before bed that kind of thing and and studying and all that but it's, it's really nothing crazy okay oh that is no, that is one thing before i before bed like i'll i'll lay down for like 10 minutes just like visualize the entire game yeah like every play i, I know i'm gonna see so like when it comes like i'm ready for it i started doing that more so my senior year like just to get like more mental reps and you know like actually like see how close I could get to like feeling the reps, you know, like hands, feet, head, just everything. So I think that's uh 
that's natural as you progress and, and get better as a player. Um, right. So, in my opinion, I, I I felt like the game started slow. So, if I'm looking at the offense, you, you know, you trade punts the first two drives, OU scores off a um, uh, Gabriel to Anthony 20-yard touchdown. Uh, they answer with a 65-yard drop. H- how did y'all feel about the beginning of the game, specifically the first quarter? You know, I felt like the DBs left a, a couple open looks. Um, what are you guys' opinion on the beginning of the game? Man, I just seemed like it felt like a really long first quarter. I don't know yeah. about it, but, um, you know, I, I mean, I think the defense did really well. You know, we had that one drive with that long pass, and, you know, we got they got in the red zone. We did a good job, you know, just – holding to a field goal. I think that kind of set the tone for the day. You know, it just kind of showed, like, what we were, how this was going to go down. Like, you know, big plays are always going to happen, man. You know, they have – especially SMU, they did a tremendous job in the portal where they got a lot of, like, a lot of new talent in there. You know, a lot of skilled players are really good. You know, they're going to take shots, man. And uh, I know I saw, you know, like, Billy never misses. So, like, he had one where you kind of just, like, going for the ball, kind of like a 50-50, and usually yeah. comes up with it. I mean, it happens. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm riding with my guy all day. And so, like, you know, stuff like that, it's, it's like, all right, we're good. Like, you know, they can't really run the ball on us. They're whooping out all sorts of trick plays. Well, I mean, when a team's kind of going like that, they know they can't beat you straight up. So it's just a matter of, like, playing your own game, you know, reading what you – like, reading your keys and just executing. Yeah, Danny, I thought – speaking of trick plays, I thought you did a great job uh the beginning of the game. I think they came out with a reverse. I think it was, like, the second or third drive. You stayed and chased it down on the backside. They did. They did like a refer. They did a fumble risky. I've fumble never risky. seen it. you like done. Like they had. I, I'm like there. I'm like I, I see his little ass dude, little dude, like behind the guard and tackle. Like just like crouched down. There. I'm like, bro, what, what are you guys doing here? Like, it's like yeah, yeah. Hide trying to hide dude. him. Something. Like we we can see him. <laughs> you can see this person right here. And they just had him like put the ball and hand off on a little jet. But you know they had. They definitely had pool. But like really, they do a lot to like tackle over stuff. A lot of end over. A lot of FTB. And we were really prepared, man. We had a lot of we had a game plan with a lot of checks. And I think the the guys did a tremendous job, like just knowing all the adjustments and all the calls that we're going to, and we executed that flawlessly. Yeah. And obviously there were some misfits, but you know, we did a really good job at just, you know, uh, communicating with everyone. Speaking here, I'll touch on the formations after this, but uh you mentioned the miss hits. Um I mean this like jokingly and yeah, seriously. Oftentimes, not often, but a few times. Danny, you missed the tackle, but Jaron, you were right there behind him. And Jaron, you got your ankles taken from you, but Danny was right there behind you and uh, stuck the dude one time. So I thought that was, um, you know, obviously open field tackling is hard. Jaron, you talked about that before we got on the podcast. That's why I play offense because I knew I couldn't tackle anybody in the open field. But um, I, I like that that combo there. All right, y'all, you already know what time it is. Whether you are attending OU games in person or watching from home, you have to look the part of a Sooner fan. That's why we've partnered with Homefield Apparel to get you looking like a true fan on game day, all right? Homefield is a premium collegiate apparel brand based in Indianapolis. They emphasize their commitment to creating incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs. Homefield designs are super unique because they delve into the archives and history of each school using unique logos, mascots, and iconic moments to create thoughtfully designed apparel. You can find them at homefieldapparel.com where you can see the selection of colleges available. And guess what? Our listeners get 15% off their first order with the discount code prairie 20 Three. That's Prairie 23. 
It's the perfect apparel brand for this football season. So check them out. And again, that promo code is Prairie23. Use that at checkout to get 15% off. Um, I took some notes throughout the throughout the game. Um what was that? Roxy. Bro, she's been gnawing on my chair, like just eating this wood up. But hey, to go back and uh, talk about the kind of the missed tackle thing, like yeah, that's kind of one thing. Like when you're playing aggressive defense and you have like dudes that are try like flying to the ball, you know, it's kind of like there's times you kind of get out of position. You know, you're you're straining so hard to get there. Sometimes you're not really have a good stance or good base. And man, sometimes dudes are shifty. Like that quarterback put a move on me, like the nastiest deadlight I've ever seen. Like dang, like he got me. But like, I mean, I know we have dudes flying to the ball. So like, if I can get him to you know, go lateral and Top not really start. go like down, downhill. I know yeah. like dudes are right there to make the play. So like sometimes in that case, there's like, there's positive misses. Obviously you want to make the play, but you know, like when you're flying the ball, giving a hundred ten percent effort, like sometimes you kind of just overrun it or a little too aggressive, but that's kind of the defensive aspect. You got to have 11 hats to the ball every single time because when those plays happen, you know, and that like, like keys play where, you know, he fumble, like he forced that fumble out. We already have two dudes right there to pick it up. Like before it goes out of bounds. Like Woody did a tremendous job keeping it in, in play, and I was right there. It's just kind of like the mentality. I'm glad Woody didn't. Woody did a great job of not knocking the ball out of bounds. That, that was great awareness by him, and you did a good job of securing the ball before you even got out of bounds. I wrote that down as well. <laughs> also, moving back to the point that you had before that, I used to give our defense a hard time about missed tackles, and when I got to the Giants, our special teams coach would talk about this all the time, and this would be from a defensive perspective too, but he would always say, shoot your shot. Because mm-hmm. much like how you just said, Danny, if I can get him to take a second to go lateral instead of forward, now he's wasting time and losing momentum and somebody else is coming to make the tackle. So I, I, my, my perspective on missed tackles has changed over the years. And so I, I thought that was a good point. Um, moving into halftime. So I feel honestly, it didn't even feel like the game started, at least from an offensive perspective, until halftime. You guys did a great job of keeping the the score low. What what was the message from the coaches? Jaren, you want? Uh, you know, pretty much just keep doing what we're doing. Uh, obviously, you could overhear Le- overhear Levy a little bit, kind of getting on the offense, and you know, defense is up. They're going to go get a three and out, and then we're going to go storing the ball down the field and score and, and get this thing going offensively. And I, I don't really have much to say other than that over what I overheard offensively, but, you know, defensively, just just keep doing what we're doing, you know, cor- correct our mistakes, keep flying around, keep making the right adjustments. You know, like Danny mentioned, we, we did a great job of anticipating, you know, the game plan and, and knowing our checks and knowing knowing what to do when they got in those those formations and whatnot. And so, you know, just keep recognizing that kind of stuff. They they were, they had to do a lot of different stuff to try and, try and dick with us and mess with us to, you know they, they couldn't beat us straight up so that's 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 kind of what their game plan was so so it seems so our coaches were just hounding on you know staying disciplined keep doing what we're doing you know our offense is going to come at them and you know we're going to finish them off and in the second half let me talk about the offense real quick and then i'll ask you guys another question about the defense so my opinion on the offense normally i'll talk about this with Braden, but i felt like the offense started off super slow one because the the main reason was because in my opinion the offensive line couldn't get to the second level all right so i know uh danny jaron you know 
what makes feeling a run play, a gap scheme or a counter scheme tough is, is the linemen's putting hands on you. You know, we didn't do that from an offense per, offensive perspective. So that left their linebackers free to make plays, um, stuffing Marcus Major at the line of scrimmage or limiting his progress to two or three yards at a time. Um, well, this is also evident. Uh, did y'all see Jackson Arnold go into the game? All right, beginning of the game. Yeah, beginning of the game, we run uh, QB counter. So with a GT counter scheme for all the listeners, that's the guard and the tackle pulling. We also added the running back into that scheme. So we essentially have three pullers. If you go back and watch the game, we don't get hands on the linebackers. They stuff the hole, making progress hard for anybody to get through. Arnold can't get a good read, and we're stopped in the backfield. So um, I thought that SMU, looking at their offense, I thought that you guys faced a, a pretty quality offense. You know, going back to what you said, Jaron and Danny about making your checks. You know, I saw a lot of times you guys will go to a, a from a three man front, walk down to a four man front. Next thing you know, you got five people, six people in the box. Was that part of the checks that you guys were making in order to make adjustments to their offense? Yeah, I mean, in some sense, you know, Coach Donald was a lot of different looks. Man, we could do a lot of different fronts. You know, it's very uh, you know kind of versatile in that sense. But um, you know, kind of just talk about that. You know, I think. You know, that when, we, when they were in 10 sets, like, you know, just like a double slot look, you know, two wide receivers on each side, and we're literally have a four-man box, which, you know, if you're, off, if you're like an offensive line coach, you see, you know, you got five blockers and a running back, and they got four guys in the box, you know, we were three down front, and they ran like a counter, so they should, like, they should, that should be a play where it's really like, you know, that, that should hit, hit the numbers are good. The, the numbers are good. And when you're out there and then, we're we're stopping that for like one yard, because like the DN spills the ball and then makes the ball bounce out, and we are have have hats flying to the ball. You know, it's kind of like demoralizing as an offense when you know the numbers are there for them and they still can't do anything about it. And I think we just did a tremendous job. You know, just knowing where we had to be, knowing our fits, and kind of just trusting everyone around us. Where, you know, we are we are playing fast, playing physical, and really just stuffing everything they had. Jaron. I was looking at one play where I think it was like an all-out blitz or I couldn't tell, but on that wheel route that I think it was their running back caught. This is East Wolf, for sure. What did you say? The short yardage where they were the running back coming out. Yeah. Yeah. What was what, what was the thoughts there? Because I, I couldn't tell if it was a pick play or if there was a blown assignment in there. If it was a blown assignment, then we could just say blown assignment and keep it pushing. But that was one play I just wanted to ask you guys about. Um, what what happened there? We were in a cover two concept, so yeah. like, but I mean we're blitzing, so it's a, it's a pressure. It's like a, so you know we should have a. I think I don't know if the corner I kind of recognized it, and oh, so okay. right, we kind of just like, out leveraged him, got out flanked, because Jaron was supposed to be on two, and I'm I'm on three, and then you know it's it's short yardage, so you kind of got to play the run in that situation. And with the thing we kind of had an aggressive mindset, and uh, unfortunately. Yeah, those plays happen, man. You know, it's kind of just, kind of just got us there. Okay, I was just just from my curiosity, I was thinking about it. Uh, one thing I did like up until the fourth quarter, you guys were very disciplined in terms of penalties. Yeah. Have you thought about that since the the end of the game? Um, outside of Jaren, I thought I thought your your pass interference could have been. Yeah, it was. It could have gone either way, but no, nah, yeah. I just it was, I, def it was I, definitely I, a pi. Yeah, most definitely. After watching it, uh, and there are a hundred times, you know, 
it's just, it's just bad technique on my part. You know, I just need to be, be more inside and underneath that particular, you know, technique of that coverage. So I just kind of just overran it a little bit, but yeah. yeah. Let's, let's talk about it. That Let, let's talk about it in detail. So that way the fans can, can hear your thought process. So, um, what did you do? Uh, what do you think you could have done better? And Danny, after he's finished, uh, you add your two cents and, uh, see what we come up with. Yep. So on, on that particular play, uh, the technique that I was supposed to be using was called a vertical hook technique. It's, uh, it's usually we do that, do that in a cover two concept where the middle of the field is open. So you want, you want your defenders inside and underneath receiver. So if he's running a, a bend route or something, you want to be inside and underneath so that you have the, the cover two guys on their outside. So the cover two guys are on the outside and then the, the backers or defenders on the inside underneath hip. So basically the biggest thing is you just have to stay inside and underneath because you have help over the top and you don't have help in the middle and on the inside. So you just, you seem to be inside and underneath and, and our coaches stress that a lot. And so the biggest thing that we say on that technique is just don't widen, don't widen at all. Just be inside, be underneath them. I've said that like a hundred times because it's like, I just need keep reminding myself, I guess, but. So I just kind of, kind of widened and got, got on top of them too much. And then, so I had to, I could feel him getting, getting too far, you know, underneath me. So I kind of pulled on him a little bit, tried to pull myself through and they, they got me with that. So just obviously you just need to stay, stay better leverage on him and, you know, anticipate the route concept coming. You know, I didn't know if it was going to be, uh, the, the route they ran is a 95, which is an over with a dig. And I, I, I was, I was on the over route by the, by the number two. So I just need to be, be underneath that. And I kind of got on top of it a little bit. And so I had to pull myself through to, to try and correct that. But you know, okay. for, for the viewers at home, that's the technique is it's called a vertical hook technique. You're, you're like guiding him, guiding him to the cover two guys given underneath help. Damn. Yeah. So, so my two cents on that, you know, kind of in that call that we were in, I'm pretty sure we were sending the, the cheetah, right? yeah it was yeah so it, it, yeah. yeah so we were saying the cheetah and they're in a double slot look so it kind of puts a lot of stress on the backers because you know we can't show that we're lined out so it's like third and it was third and three i'm pretty sure that was and fourth so down. obviously fourth down so we knew yeah. it was going to be a pass you know realistically when it's like when it's further than four it was fourth and three so when it's further than like fourth or one or two it's it's it's, hard, but it's basically we know it's gonna be a pass but we can't really show where the pressure is coming from so Obviously, we're saying vertical hooks, so we have to stay inside the guys because we have the safeties outside of us. But right. you know, when there's when you're setting the cheetah like that, you kind of have to protect a quick little like a three yard side, you know, like a hitch. So we we can't widen, but in that situation, you know, it's kind of obvious that there's a little gap in that in the coverage right there. Correct. So it's kind of tough for Jaron to have to be inside the box. The receiver has a wide split, and he does he kind of protect the stress of the call, which is that little hitch route from where the where the cheetah came from and so i mean i see what happened with them he, he initially widened out you know to kind of eliminate that route and then once the receiver bent off it kind of put him in a disadvantaged position where he had to you know try and pull himself through with that hand right there but you know it's tough you know i think kind of in the moment we could have been in a better call but you know you can't really predict what you're gonna what they're gonna run or what they're gonna line up to so it's just kind of how it goes and it's just kind of a um like they got us type of situation yeah it's crazy from an offensive perspective. I'm thinking about all the things that I would do versus that look. Like, for example, when we ran it, if we have the over route, we're going straight to the middle of the field and we're just going to sit there off that 95. Like, Lincoln always gave us the option. If green grass is there, then just sit. Don't move. Yeah. Also, I kind of found it – I don't know if it's in their scheme or not, but I kind of found it odd that he even 
went back outside of you and then came over the top. I thought it, from my perspective, it sounds like it would make more sense just to cross your face. But if he's going to do that, at least from an offensive guy, um, for our listeners, he mentioned how his his priority was not to widen. So if I'm running that route or if Drake's running that route, one thing we'll do is we'll run at your middle to inside shoulder and then hit a uh, and then break back out just so you can chase us out. And so that way when we're back crossing the middle of the field, we have more time and more space to catch the ball because we've now baited you to go back outside. And so that way when we break it back in, there's more space in there to catch it over the middle. So uh, I think I think that's good football. Um, good breakdown, by the way. Talking about some other guys, Peyton Bowen, hell of a game. Hell of a game. Is playing like a seasoned vet right now. A few tackles, a blocked punt, um, pass breakup at the end of the game. Danny, you're you're linebacker one leader on this defense right now. What do you think of what do you, what do you think of peanut butter and jelly PB? <laughs> yeah, no PB has you know I saw him say like he wasn't supposed to go in that blocked punt. I mean, hey, good job for him, you know, for just kind of seeing an opportunity, just going with it, man. Because you know in college football, blocking a punt is like huge. Uh-huh. Like if you block a punt, you have a 95% chance of winning winning the game, which people don't realize. You know, our my freshman year, your senior year, like we we got a blocked punt against Texas, so like hey, we overcame that 95 percentage, man. Yeah. But, <laughs> hey, we yeah. overcame a lot of stuff that, that game. That, I, that's crazy. No, real quick before you move on, people don't realize like those percentages, like things like, um, I remember Link, Lincoln used to tell us stuff like the Texas game. Whoever wins the rushing battle normally wins the game. Whoever wins the turnover battle normally wins the game. If you block a punt, you typically win the game. So to overcome those type of things are are pretty big. But you you can continue. Go ahead. Yeah, no, I mean, special teams are just so big. Like, especially, you know, they broke it down. And whenever our offense, whenever, like, their kickoff team lets a return go to the 31-yard line, they have, like, a 61% chance of scoring compared to when they're at, like, the 30 or below, it's, like, 30 percent which is crazy like the like, i don't know the analytics behind everything just analytics and football in general are just so insane like just those numbers but you know back to Peyton, yeah. you know he did such a tremendous job you know he, he plays with so much instinct man like he sometimes you know he's a young guy so he makes some alignment mistakes you know just stuff but you know his effort and his talent makes up for so many of his like his little mistakes that he has where you know he makes such big plays and um could have himself a pick there late in the game, you know, PBU as we'll call it, but dropped interception is what it is. Um, but I'm really proud of him, man. He's playing, playing great. You know, having a young guy like that, you can really count on, you know, come in game, those critical moments and just do what he needs to do and make big plays is huge for any team. Danny, giving you your flowers a little bit here, just from looking at the media, John Williams from Sooner Wire said, if we didn't know it already, Danny Stutzman is a star. You were named the Walter Camp National Defensive Player of the Week. Um, the first OU Defensive Player, the first OU Defensive Player of the Week honoree since linebacker Kenneth Murray, September 23rd, 2018. That was five years ago. I didn't even know that was an award, but I'll take it. Uh, I mean, Player of the Week, it is what it is, but. You know, it's awesome, man. You know, I really just want to give it to my guys. You know, looking back at that game, man, like, we just did such a good job. Even when they scored to make it, you know, they scored and had the two-point, like, we were just so unfazed because we knew, like, the entire time, like, 
all right, it was it was all like mistakes that we made. You know, the, we had I think three penalties that drive. Even Coach D had one. So like it was our oh, penalties. Like the penalty was on him. Yeah, he he like the ref. He said like the, the sideline. Like, he's he like, like even I had a penalty. He's like the referee ran smack into him. Bro, <laughs> like, I saw. I I figured it was a player. I didn't know it was Venables. Yeah, yeah, it was Coach D. Yeah. Uh, I he, guess we got to bring back the game back, Coach. You know, that's something I think he retired. I think he needs to come back. So we got, we were kind of like, <laughs> what's up? We need to find a young, able body to really get in there and control Coach Venables, man. Oh, man. One thing, you mentioned this about Peyton, and um, you just talked about it, um, about the rest of the defense. Uh, although there were some things in there we could critique all day long, one thing I admired about the defense as a whole is the hustle. Like, they they had a pretty good offensive line. Like I'm not I'm not gonna lie. They I thought it was a quality offense that you guys went up against. And they and, had some big um, line. Yeah, that's all I was about to say. I was going to say that we look small, but then I had to go to their roster and I'm like, they're just big. Like we're yeah. we we're three hundred across the board almost. And uh they had some big offensive linemen and so uh, I credit your defense alignment for just hustling. Like I remember at one point um, there was a tunnel screen to one side and a running back screen to the other, and y'all had both locked down, yeah. you know? And um, that just goes to how the intensity is in practice, because I know that doesn't happen unless Venables is constantly on your guys' butt. Finish plays, strain to the football. You know, I see you guys shaking, nodding your heads right now, because I, I know you're probably thinking about it better. There. Yeah. yeah, maybe, just a little bit, you know? But, um, I, I give you guys a lot of credit on that end, but I don't. I don't have any more notes on the game, uh, Danny Jaron. Uh, what What are your final thoughts on the game? What did Coach say in the locker room that you guys feel like sharing? Um, any Any other post game thoughts you guys got? Um, you know, looking at it, you know, I think going back to like that strain stuff, it really comes with how we practice, man. Like our Tuesdays and Wednesday practices are, man, they're they're difficult, man. They're they're t- they're really harder than the games. So I'm gonna keep it a buck. Like those practices are so like strange, str- like strenuous. And then, like, even on, like, credit to the coaches, man, because on, on Thursday, like, they went super fast tempo, and it kicked our ass. Like, we, like, they made so much chaos, like, because, like, the scout team, like, they would each have guys, like, already lined up. And so, Coach V, all right, first off, there's only one head coach in the country that runs scout team quarterback, and that's Jimmy Greenbeans. It's Coach Venable's name. Honestly, he's a pretty, he's a pretty good quarterback. Like, he, he dimes him up. He dials he, him up. He, you look at practice, he'll throw some dimes on it. And it's it's actually impressive how a fifty five year old man or how old he's just can just sling the sling the rock. Because first off, he knows the defense. So like right as soon as he gets the ball, he knows exactly where the like where the stress is. And so he'll just throw the ball out there without even looking and then like complete a pass maybe once or twice on practice. And we'll yeah. watch film. And like you can tell he's just watching his throw. Like he's like, mm-hmm. Add it to yeah, the cut up. Mm-hmm. Like, he, I, he has a cut up of all his completed passes. <laughs> like just, just for him to watch because he, it's lucky it's getting kind of long, like getting kind of big. But yeah, you know the coaches. But you know, leaving that practice, we were like, Coach G was really mad. He was he was not too happy with us. He talked for like twenty seconds, and that's how you know he was like pretty upset. He said like but five like, things and left. Yeah, and so like we were like, oh shoot, like man, maybe we aren't really prepared for this game. But like realistically, then on Friday we had an amazing day. So it really takes like those hard days where the coaches are literally just like on your like just on you man where it doesn't seem like you guys are doing anything right but in reality you know you're just making these little mistakes that you know you have to get exposed you know so 
come game time, you know exactly what you're doing. And I think that, you know, that really this game kind of highlighted it because, you know, when we were like, when we were leaving that Thursday practice, we're talking to uh, James Skowski, who was at Clemson. He was like, we asked him, like, do you guys have ever had these practices? And he's like, yeah, man, we'd have them. And those are normally the days where we'd have our, those are normally like the practices where come game time, we play our best like defensive performances. I think this kind of shows like, you know, how important practice really is. You know, I volunteer at a little local middle school and it's my first time coaching. So I'm seeing the perspective from a coaching side. And I never thought about this, but sometimes you have to create a scenario where your players just can't win in order to get them to respond. You know, it's not always about necessarily doing it right. It's about being better, you know. And so coach isn't necessary. He may not be preparing you. Maybe it wasn't SMU he was preparing you for. Maybe it was Iowa State or maybe it was Texas or maybe it was, you know, whatever form of adversity that you guys will face in the future so that way you'll be prepared for it. So I think that's that's good stuff. Lastly, before we wrap up the game segment, I wanted to touch on this. I had to make sure I didn't forget. You guys, a celebration, bro. I thought that was so cool. The the ninja in the, the – sh- like – was that you guys' first time doing it? Did you guys do it the first game, or that was our first time? You know, that's something that we we've kind of been talking about. You know, we 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 had our fun this summer with with those ninja videos. You know, we had we had a little bit of inspiration from Kill Bill and decided to become a movie maker. So you know, we just we decided to just kind of carry that 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 on into the into the game field and thought it'd be a, a unique celebration. How do you guys decide when to do it? Like, do you just make eye contact and you're like, "Yo, we're about to do it," or like, how does that work? Nah, I mean. First off, Jaron literally last year, Jaron has the worst celebrations ever. I think it's like his stink. Like, I, you know, literally like last year you'd watch and like I'd be so high, but he would just like be walking around. Like, he does a strut. And like, it's not even like a Conor McGregor strut. It's literally just like a, just like a normal walk, like a Sunday I, stroll. I don't know what to do last year. I don't know. <laughs> like, Next round, bro. I don't know. I talked about like, dude, we got to have some like, because like last year, me, D. White, and, and David would have some cool stuff. Like, yeah, I don't call Steve Austad on on D. White after a sack. Like, and then we'd, we'd be in the backfield, we'd act like we're popping bottles on each other. Like, just some cool stuff like that. And so that was scary. Like, we gotta like let's like put our swords in and like give it a bow, and then like yeah. then after that we were like, dude, next big play, like let's just like stab each other, <laughs> and then like like act it out. <laughs> and so, and so it's just like kind of a little creative aspect to it. But I think it it does make you know good entertainment. I'm jealous. Me and B. Willie never came up with a celebration. I mean, it's definitely it. on offense, but yeah, like I mean, you want to really do it like on like a on like a touchdown, Cause especially because usually guys get tempo. So like on a yeah. third down stop, like like you get a lot more of those, and like you really just like celebrate a touchdown. Okay, that's good stuff. I like it. I appreciate you guys' the breakdown. Y'all did a phenomenal job. Let me go back a little bit. I forgot to talk about this. So SMU. Like blatantly disrespected us. Oh wow! Yeah, I can't believe we didn't talk about this earlier. We need this oh, on the podcast. We need. Yeah, this, this has to be in. This might be edited earlier because how like this was crazy. So, you know, we're doing our like our LB drills. You know, we kind of do it. I think by like the thirty, like every time, or, like the twenty-five. Yeah, and you know they come out like really late because usually like the teams already out there warming up. Like we're we already did our stretch, all this, and now we're doing like our you know our individual stuff before we do like the special teams and. Uh, they have Corey Roberson, who used to come here. Um, he used to play here. And they had him come out first. And the whole team just, like, comes right through our drills and started, like, shoving us and stuff. 
and we're like like yo like what the like like yo like there's no way they just did that and like bro we were so mad and we're like all right they really just like they they really like they, they like realistically like bro you don't do that and they so, went like, out of their way to come out of there and go right into the middle of our drill we were on the field standing on the field they had room yeah. off the sideline to run up the sideline and go get in the warm-up drill they they sent Cord Roberson lead head and then right through our drill, bumping our shoulders, bumping past us like this. They they they're just blatantly disrespecting us. Like they don't they don't care about who we are or, or what we stand for. They're gonna come in here and, and show us around like that pregame and like you know, that that didn't really sit well with us. So I got a feeling I know whose idea that was because yeah, Corey's not the only former OU man. staff member. Yeah, there hey that. A lot, a lot of trash was being spoken from SMU, man. They really did not respect us. And I think, you know, I think defense showed them what's up. So we don't really play like that. I think that's the first time in since 2016, right, Jaron, that they've been held to like 11 points like that. I, I saw a tweet earlier today. It's something like that. 2016. I mean, they're, hey, they're a good great. team. Like, they're great. Awesome. Like, yeah. But like, I mean, bro, when you come out there and you disrespect us, you're asking for some, some for some stuff like that to happen. Like, mm-hmm. like we don't we don't mess around. Like, like we don't play those we don't play those type of games. Like this is Oklahoma. As if, as if we needed another reason to you know, as if we needed another reason to come out here and kick that. You know what I mean? They just they yeah, had yeah. fuel to the fire at that point. That's like talk your talk. You know what I'm saying? I'm with it. I would have did the same thing. I'm glad y'all didn't get a penalty beforehand because I know a couple of dudes in the past that would have went off. Oh no, for sure. Our last thing before we wrap this up, Danny, what happened to your car? All right. So usually what I'll do is my parents usually get in like on Friday, kind of early. And so I'll drive my car to the facility, leave like, leave the keys like in it or like around it. Yeah. Like somewhere so they can get it because they usually come in, then they need the car. So they usually pick it up, but I didn't have the parking pass in there. I don't know why I just took it out. And, um, so their flight kept getting delayed. So then they caught in like at midnight. And so they weren't going to get the car then. Like, And then, you know, game day comes quick. So I don't think they picked it up at all. And so it was kind of just left there. And I kind of remembered after the game, I was like, I was asking my parents, did you ever get the car? And they said, no, you didn't have time. And I was like, I was like, oh, it's, it's gone. Like she's a goner. And then we go out there and it was like after media and stuff, like it's like 9.30. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, it's gone. And uh, yeah, kind of is what it is. But I got it back, so we're good. My boy gets defensive player of the year. I'm out of the week, and his car towed. It happens. Normally, PB don't play, bro. I oh my goodness. Oh, they not. Play. I I hated having to buy a parking pass. Like every year, that's one thing I despise. But the tickets are hey. I got smart though. My my last two years, though, I, I'll tell you this real quick. You know the white passes that the faculty have, like the square-shaped ones? Mm-hmm. You got one so of those? We, bro, we use the similar passes down in OKC, but we only pay like $80 or $90 on the year for them. And so what I started doing was just using that to park in the faculty spaces. So I never got a ticket. What do you mean OKC? Well, oh, my master's program was down in OKC. Gotcha. Yeah. Write that down. I should have kept it so that way whenever I come back to campus. Because it doesn't have like a colored sticker on it. It's just white. So it really works year over year. Yeah. I, I didn't figure out how to get one of those. Because, I mean, you, it's like 
That's not a bad it's idea. It's like a tactic thing, but hey, those see those like parking spots right in front are so much better. Oh yes, bro. Right, yes. Park, like it might be a few more steps. But, like they're always available. They're always right there in the front. They're it's convenient. Like, Hey. Ladies and gentlemen, episode three of the podcast on the prairie. That is all I got. Danny, Jaren, anything left for the people? Any shout out? Man, uh, shout out to Towing Company. Making my whip. Shout out, shout out. Deuces, y'all. <laughs> Deuces.